0: Hey everybody, it's Mario here, host, or one half of the host of The Peaky Pod alongside the other half of your
1: host, Zachary. Welcome.
0: Hey, well, thanks for listening to this episode. This is the first time we actually do a pre-roll ad and you'll probably hear it one more time at the end, but we'd just like to announce an upcoming show that we are planning called The Story Archive Show. We plan on that being our kind of hub for doing one-off reviews of movies and maybe specific episodes of TV shows that are on our gauntlet our thanos gauntlet of the mm-hmm. greatest tv shows ever and uh, we want to invite you to subscribe we're going to put the links in there but if you don't want to go to the show notes just type in spotify or apple podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts the story archive show and we should pop up so please subscribe follow us and uh, let us know how you're liking the peaky pod we hope you enjoy this episode and take care thank you Welcome back to another episode of the Peaky Pod by Story Archives. I'm your host Mario, alongside Zachary, your other host. Welcome, ladies and gents. It's been a 11 day wait. Published on the 16th. It's been a busy month. I don't know if I said anything. What? How long did we have episode three? Because I know there was, little uh, there was like a little delay. Two week gap
1: of, or a week. Of, I think of getting episode three up, and now it's been like a week and a half, maybe.
0: We did record that after my whole COVID and vacation thing,
1: That's right. right we did record. So it may have been two weeks, actually. Two-week yeah. delay for episode three, week and a okay. half of this one. But, you know, we're getting, we're getting there. It has been a busy week. You know, uh, this past week was actually my uh, my one year uh, at my job. So,
0: Wow, congrats. I wish I had, Thank like, a you. stream deck to play, like, sound effects in da-da-da-da. the podcast. <laughs> you know, something. We need that for yeah. moments like this. That's congrats, man. That's awesome. Thank hey. you. appreciate it. How do you feel? Feel as rejuvenated as you did when you started? Absolutely. It's been busy, but good, good kinds of busy. Growing, good, growing busy. Good, good. That's always the best when you love what you do. So, mm-hmm. um, all right. I wanted to mention that we've been cooking up some stuff in the background. That's the reason we haven't been posting as frequently. We appreciate the continued activity on the channel. We see you guys are listening to episodes every single day, all the way from season one. There's new listeners every single day of the show. So there's definitely interest in the Peaky Pod, and uh, we're happy to see that because we love Peaky Blinders too. Amongst lots of other TV shows, which is why we have started the Story Archive show, where the big commitment that we find is with Peaky Blinders, we're doing episodically which mm-hmm. if you break it out, realistically, Zach and I at this point, because there's no revenue being produced by the so- the network, which we're trying to get to a point where we can do that and crank out more episodes on a weekly basis. We can reasonably crank out about maybe three podcast recordings a week. But at the same time, we are also trying to grow a different branch of the network, which is a business-sided thing. Now, I'm a business owner. Zach we own a business together. Uh, Mm -hmm. I own a production company. And the show pretty much is a business show called the Soapbox Business Show. And we want to teach or interview people and converse about their lessons learned in business to kind of get back to the ethos of why I wanted to start that particular show, which is that business wisdom can be applied in all industries and transcend all industries and be applicable to anybody's situations both professionally and personally Mm -hmm. and so that's the next one coming up the pipe now you may not give a damn about that because you're listening to a Peaky Blinders episode and so maybe it's entertainment centric which we also have something there for you as well which is the story archive show which I just mentioned Mm -hmm. where we'll be (laughs) doing more season reviews Uh, we have a stranger things part four, I guess season four, they like to call it part four in Stranger Things. Yeah, I don't know uh, really We, we want to do an entire review of season four because as we said before, if we were to do Stranger Things seasons one through four, it would take us almost like half a year or three quarters of a year to do it, mm-hmm. which I think maybe everybody would prefer to for us to be very selective of the shows that we choose to do that with. And um, yeah, so we'll do, for most shows, we'll do like a one-off. And me and Zach are pretty much we've been watching a lot of tv (laughs) so we have have. a we have a lot of stuff we could talk about we could talk about severance we could talk about the foundation we could talk about we are going to talk about stranger things uh we both
1: is another one
0: for all mankind i have to start dr brain i have to catch up on um mosquito coast there's a there's a ton we make a list of content we just can't get to it all so we appreciate you listening in if you do see we will post teasers on the Peaky Blinders channel. If you're not interested, ignore them. If you are interested, listen to them. And if you want to learn, uh, hear more, subscribe over to our Story Archives channel. Let us know what you think, what shows that you recommend for us to watch. And um, we'd love to hear the recommendations. I'm a I'm a TV head. So for me, I think I watch more TV shows than I watch films. So
1: I've been doing the same recently, honestly. Although I did just start watching Dune. So I've got about 40 minutes left. Did you that. buy it? did you buy it i did i did when i, was on I sale, think maybe I we,
0: we should we should have a segment on story archives where we talk about good cheap deals dune was 7.99 hey, that'd be great yeah i, I know i was, $7 was 7.99 i was shocked i thought at the very least it's a 20 to 30 dollar movie but um, yeah, i was thinking like 1999 or something yeah same but you know it comes with the features i really do want to watch the behind the scenes all right we are five minutes in that was a hell of a long intro but um, nonetheless, let's get into episode four of season four of Peaky Blinders titled Dangerous. Let's do it. I think this is the uh, the episode that I
1: get my little gin story from with the uh, authentic yes. London cut. You
0: You know what? This episode is the one that you reference the most in day to day. Like just, <laughs> you're, I you know, I never realized that until this moment mm-hmm. right now. You reference yep. the gin thing I, all the time. I'm
1: actually, I'm actually drinking some gin right now in honor <laughs> of this episode.
0: All right, let, let's get it going. Um, we have the opening scene where Mrs. Ross. Can you jog my memory? She's so the mother. Mrs. Ross of-
1: is the mother of the kid that Arthur, quote unquote, accidentally killed when he had his rampage in the boxing ring.
0: Yeah, that part I know, but was that season three or season two? I think it was season. Two. It's kind of funny because, but, but her maybe character, last season. Here, go ahead. her character looks identical to my friend's wife, like identical. The whole time I'm trying to find out where's this woman she from. Does uh, look have really I seen familiar, her? Honestly,
1: yeah, yeah maybe I don't know. I've watched the show too many times.
0: She must be in some other things as well, but she looks so familiar to me. All right, so Mrs. Ross visits. Tommy's office. It's very interesting the way they shoot this because the entire time it's very uncharacteristic for the camera to not focus on Tommy in the interaction, mm-hmm. and in the intro it just focuses on Mrs. Ross as the whole crowd and anybody with any sort of like cheese pie, as we call it in Spanish, or like street common sense can read <laughs> through that it's completely a plan to oh man I know harm Arthur. You know? It's very cringy. Um, to the point where she's even at the end of it. it at the end of it, it's almost kind of like she wants Tommy to know that it's a setup. That To me, that's that's how obvious it is. Like, are you making it obvious to cover your, to butter both sides of your bread as we see her buttering some some bread? Or margarine, as they might use in the UK. Do they use butter in the UK? I would imagine so. I don't know why yeah. you wouldn't use butter. I think margarine's pretty popular over there. I could be wrong. UK, UK uh, listeners, please uh, correct me. <laughs> leave a comment leave a comment yeah tommy plans the counterattack here to or counter-plan to changretta's ambush of arthur or supposed ambush which turns out to be a giant decoy which i was not expecting but uh i even forgot about it because even though i've rewatched this before mm-hmm. i had forgotten about what exactly happened at mrs ross's home yeah, you know, I I always get this mixed up with
1: another scene that comes in a later episode, um, which I'm not gonna get into because because it's,
0: well, <laughs> it's, it's literally episode. next episode probably, yeah. um, <laughs> which is th- that scene that you're talking about is my favorite scene of this season personally. Uh, mm-hmm. That whole the whole sequence. Well, Tommy gathers his men, armor arms them up, and essentially they stake out to see if Changreta's men are going to ambush arthur so they've got it all planned out but what they don't realize is that the real target that chengreda is going after is michael in the hospital which all which makes all of this kind of brilliant on Changretta's part probably the most brilliant move he's done all season i think so
1: I, I definitely think so. I mean it, she makes it painfully obvious that this is a trap, but I don't I just think she's a terrible uh actor in the show. Not actor in real life, but in the show, like there's there's no way she she was communicating that
0: effectively. I love props to Arthur hiding this gun here, even though he gets patted down. Like he's hiding it in his hat as he's walking through the door. Mm-hmm. Like if you see his hat, it's clearly in the shape of like a barrel. they like <laughs> there's something in there, but we find out later as, uh, as he's finally able to confront Mrs. Ross over her tre- treachery. Can you really blame Mrs. Ross in this scenario?
1: No, not really. I can't. I get it. I mean, I would kind of want him dead too. You're I, w- I would have done a better job at
0: hiding the fact that this is a setup i thought it was a setup but this is the second encounter where she tries to kill arthur where we have in the season that that took place with him boxing the sun i think it was season two if i'm I'll not mistaken out. i mean please look it up but uh oh, i am she tries to pull a gun or oh, she does pull a gun on him at the garrison it was season he, two episode three yeah So they kept this card in their back pocket. It makes me think. It's like my whole theory about this season being like a deviation from a larger storyline. This whole Changretta, this is my least favorite season of Peaky Blinders. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I haven't changed my mind on this rewatch. There are moments that shine through, uh, but it's not my favorite season. Changretta is not my favorite antagonist. Um, Same here. Which, why does he have this heavy New York accent, New York Italian accent when he was from london originally was he not i mean he's
1: been living in yeah but for how long
0: yeah but he robbed a bank over in uh in london and then went to the united states to escape the cops right so if you left the united states at let's let's just say 17 okay to make it Mm -hmm. really uh young and you went to australia like do you think by 30 you're going to be talking like an australian there's there's no way you might get some lingo there might be something that rubs off on you but you'll still have your original accent yeah that was just something that i thought about for the first time watching this episode today adding to my just me <laughs> feeling considering I'm it's not, adrian brody who i consider fan. to be top tier you know i mean he he plays the
1: part really well but
0: does he does not
1: he? not a huge fan of the villain
0: does he though I don't know, but what does he have to work with on the, in, with the material? I don't.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, can we rank him? I mean, we can take some time here as the decoy things oh, going on I, here. If we I have to we rank have what, up Kimber. till season four, we have Billy Kimber. We got Sabini. Hmm. Um. Would you the consider was the
1: priest? I would put this. I would put him number four. I would Campbell. say it's the priest. It's the Campbell. It's what about Campbell?
0: Kimbert.
1: Campbell's like not even on my list. Are you crazy?
0: <laughs> Are you crazy? <laughs> no. I put the priest as number one. I put Cam I, I I guess I would put Campbell. You're putting Sabini two. You're putting Sabini I would, I would, one because you no, like no, Sabini.
1: No no no. I I put I put the priest one. I would put Campbell two. I forgot about him for half a moment, but I would play him number two, then Sabini, then Kimber, and then Shangri-La.
0: Yeah, and I'm going based off of like who's the most dangerous to Tommy. I think I should go by personal favorite. I'd probably say Campbell. Then I mean I hated the priest, so I guess the priest is after yeah, Changretta. He he but he was the worst. He did a good job though. He oh yeah. He did a good job. Oh yeah anyway what i'm trying to say is that this whole season just feels like a deviation but it does set up a lot i don't know i feel it like does. i feel like i could be uh called out here in terms of like the amount of things that this season set up for for 5 and 6 it i i don't care what it set up it
1: just it's not like an amazing episode <laughs> we're just going uh, black and white black yeah.
0: and white we're just not
1: my yeah. uh, my favorite team. i mean not. michael's
0: michael's in a bed the entire season Pretty much. We start off the season
1: with John Boy getting shot and killed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Not great. I will say the pie like the actual premiere of the season is fantastic. When you have the whole Tommy hasn't seen his family in a year, everybody's getting out in the gallows. Like that sequence is fantastic. Yeah. But from then on out, it's you know. I guess it had to happen. They spared. Greta's wife and so this is the natural course of what takes place the oldest son comes back for retribution it makes right. sense from from
1: the from the third season i actually like the third season a lot more than i remember <clears throat> yeah
0: it. likewise this it used one to be, however yeah uh, it's it's still about what i remember i think the third one kind of brought the dark like it took the darkness to another level the third season mm-hmm. um all right, yeah. Changreta and Michael. He gets to Michael. He kills one of his bodyguards, I guess the only bodyguard in the room, and he yep. spares Michael. Essentially, this whole ploy being a message to Polly, saying, hey, I can get to your son and kill your son at any moment that I want to if yeah. you don't follow through on our deal to deliver Tommy to me, which is shocking to Michael. So he he does make the decision to hide this bit from Tommy, And I understood it for the for at this moment. Mm Mm-hmm. Because maybe at this point you can say he doesn't know what's going on with his mom. That he should ask his mom first. What's going on?
1: Yeah, I I will agree with you at this specific moment of the episode. I get it, but there's a moment later on in the episode, and my opinion at that point about Michael changes.
0: I think it's a bit more complex than that i think he just you had he had five seconds to make that choice but i agree with you being very comfortable in my office chair from south florida and seeing that scenario and being removed from it you know it you can't yeah. let you can't let tommy walk into an ambush yeah you don't do that we don't do that to our own as michael says well i
1: mean if i don't like you i mean maybe
0: we'll yeah. see we'll see All right, after the hospital encounter between Changretta and Michael, we get another encounter, uh, not between Michael and Changreta, but because now that Tommy knows the direction of which Changreta's is probably heading, he sets up an ambush at a bridge with Aberama's people, who I've got to say were useless here in this whole encounter. Like, who slit the driver's throat? I little, and I have where did that, that, that person go i have that
1: in my notes of how the hell did they slit the guy's throat i just i mean That's, we're seeing the angles most like the almost the entire time and you mean to tell me
0: was he dead the whole somebody, time Jesus. somebody <laughs> runs
1: up slits the guy's throat
0: while a cop is
1: watching him runs he off must have climbed
0: body. from underneath the bridge nah come how on. else you're not gonna come be able on, to ru- look at this like, look at this. How fast did he have to get up there? The guy was slice flash. his throat. What did they do? Did they shoot him with something? Did they shoot him no, with a... No, they, they cut his throat. How on earth? And why wouldn't that guy just stay up there? What do you mean? Like, Aberama decides to start shooting after Changreda's behind cover. I think it was more about sending
1: a message than effectively killing him. Of course it was about killing
0: him. They easily could have killed him. It was not about sending a message. As you can see in the next scene that Tommy calls out Abarama and says that you are pretty much useless. like You Mm -hmm. let Changreda get away. It was not about sending a message. It was about ending it. Tommy even broke the deal about not using cops. He used cops here.
1: Yeah, he did. But Abarama at least was smart enough to shoot the cop in the arm.
0: To like make it look like he wasn't using the cops. Exactly. I mean but yeah. it's like the Mrs. Ross thing, like really? Mm-hmm. Really? Then again, maybe Changreta kinda broke a tr- uh the truce there too by using Mrs. Ross in a way.
1: I don't know. Was there did they ever say no women, no children, or was it just I think what they, happened?
0: I think they said no innocence being hard, like no like no innocence being involved or anything like that, but I
1: never thought about that. But yeah, I, I think I think that's probably why he went and used the cop is because he went and used the... shangri went and used the woman.
0: Yeah. I will say this. Polly doesn't make it easy on Michael here. You know? No. We can only get so far of what we want to say. But she doesn't make it easy on Michael of letting him know what's, what's going on or what the plan mm-hmm. is, right? Not at all. So, if Michael's left there you know to his own devices to assume what he doesn't know and make the choice really between Tommy and his mother that's really the thing is like if he but you know here's the thing with Michael is he does he really think that Tommy could kill Polly if Michael mm-hmm. gives him the information right yeah Let's just play. Let's just play the scenario here. Role okay. play. All right. I'm Michael. You're Tommy. Okay. Okay. I'm Tommy. And I. I, t- I, I like that. You like this? All right. I, I, I get. I. Mom. I need one of these back. Like throw it back my <laughs> way occasionally. Um. I know my mom's gonna betray you, right? She's your mm-hmm. aunt. Okay. And I tell you, hey, I don't know what the hell my mom's up to, but supposedly she made a deal with Chingretta. Mm -hmm. and we know that she's a wild card like she's the one person that tommy can't control but she is loyal to the family Mm -hmm. and i tell i tell Tommy, i say under this condition you do not you cannot harm my mother whether you want her out of the family out of the business that's another story but this is what's going on we got to get to the bottom of it do you really like i personally can't bring myself to imagine that tommy would harm Polly if she betrayed me neither me neither he would maybe ouster from the family. In terms of like, you cannot be a part of our operations because you are a liability from a trust perspective now. Yeah, yeah. But to I, actually harm her, I think, you know what I mean. I
1: I would agree with you. I, I don't I don't think Tommy would do anything, you know, that crazy. Throw her out of the business, which I mean, she <laughs> she already was. Yeah. Out of the business, right? Like that, I I could see. Cutting so that, ties, his family, like because so, of the betrayal, I can see that.
0: So I, we're kind of in agreement there. I just think of mm-hmm. all the people, I think Tommy would kill his own brother before he would kill Polly. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like if let's say, let's say John Boy would have betrayed them, like bad, bad betrayed them. Maybe I, who knows? Because there's because the thing is that the brother would be a threat. The brother yeah. would have the Shelby name, and it might have to literally be a threat. It would be a Godfather situation. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, which you gotta, you know, if you haven't seen The Godfather, spoiler alert, you you know leave now. Was Fredo really that much of a threat? <laughs> I guess he was, but if you just actively remove him entirely from the business, did you have to kill Fredo? Yeah, I don't know. To kill your own blood is that's a that's a place you can't come back from.
1: It is taking it pretty far.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: What do you think about the scene with? lizzie and may and
0: may i love it i I love the fact that may gets brought back in i always felt that may would probably be a better match for tommy than grace although seems the sheen of the allure of tommy's bad boy lifestyle has rubbed off or like kind of lost its uh its appeal appeal to may right
1: well he's much more of a businessman in this one the last time we saw her was in what season two was he was a real yes it was season two yeah yeah, he was a real gangster at this point, or at that point.
0: Yeah, he hadn't made it yet. He hadn't taken Sabini's uh, territory yet.
1: Yeah, it was during that whole big race. Yeah, horse.
0: Well, she she was expecting that he'd be changed after Grace and John Boy died, and she's found him here as yeah, unchanged. Yeah, as resolute as ever in his goals and and in his ways, right? Yeah but i i always did think that may is she wearing blue eyeshadow was that a thing back then i can look it up i have no idea type in blue was blue eyeshadow 1930s 1920s Uh, let's see popular in the
1: 20s let's see I don't think so.
0: No, I <laughs> just make not, a statement. Not that gonna, I can tell. <laughs> just to make a statement on history here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, back to the. I don't think so. The whole love triangle dynamic between May and Tommy and Lizzie. Lizzie's just jealous, which we find out that she's yeah. pregnant. So I, I, you know, hormones kicking in. Um, but she's in love with Tommy, head over heels. They also just had that intimate moment underneath the bridge. Yes. So it's kind of like. What the hell, man? Like, you know, you just did this. Stepping on but, my stepping but, you know, on my
1: territory, man.
0: The old lover comes home and it's all all bets are out the window. At the end of the day, I think Tommy is after Grace died, mm-hmm. it's pretty much what he wants to do, he's going to do. You know, he yeah. has a he has a soft spot for May. He probably would have maybe he would have chosen May if Grace wasn't pregnant. Remember, through the circumstances of their marriage, she was pregnant. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, does he choose? I think the decision is a little bit more difficult there. He was going to go with May. He was uh, all the way up (laughs) to the last minute. To the last second, man. The last second he changed his mind. So Um, he obviously wanted the fling with May here, Mm -hmm. but she wasn't having it as much as she, she wants him to convert full-time to businessman, which he tells her like, calls out her moral conundrum there, but I'll get back to that in a Mm 2nd Did Polly receive the call yet from Luca?
1: Yeah, she just did
0: just a moment ago. Polly gets a call from Luca Chagreta, and it's a threat. It's essentially what I said earlier, which is he targeted Michael to show that he can get to him at any point that he wants, so' mm-hmm. he's essentially he's saying if you don't give up Tommy soon, I'm going to kill your boy, so yeah,
1: better deliver
0: all right harry potter fans in the in the place remember in the third harry potter when professor trelawney reads harry's tea leaves yes and she she has like a freak out moment and she Mm -hmm. like drops the cup it shatters and there's like a it's the black dog i think that's the (laughs) symbol of death but it's serious black yeah which is uh all right the grim that yeah, the grim. Well, the cup, yeah. the cup that she shows just reminded me so hard hardcore of that uh Well she's doing the same scene. thing with
1: it too. <laughs> she's
0: reading the tea leaves and Literally. she she lets us know that Lizzie is pregnant with mm. Tommy's baby. Checkmate May Carlton. Yeah. By the way, May one-ups Lizzie so hard where Lizzie interrupts the meeting and she just puts a blank check on the table and says, Whatever Tommy wants it to be worth, it'll be worth. <laughs> and and Lizzie writes ten thousand pounds. On that check, I I can feel that. Don't do it. You're you're, infla- you're inflationary data. Listen, look listen. up here.
1: <laughs> what year is it right now? Uh, it's 2022. Not today in Uh-oh. the show. It's oh, like 1930. Uh, just say just say 1925.
0: 1925. Let's see. Ten thousand pounds would be. Ladies, this is uh, ladies and gents. This is not necessarily a hundred percent accurate. Yeah, but we're act- not we're not completely, <laughs>
1: completely sure. Uh, this says six hundred and seventy-five thousand pounds,
0: which sounds about right. Give me that Biden me. number, man. Give me that Biden number.
1: Well, that's like two billion, but this is <laughs> <laughs> 675,728.48. Give me that ten percent
0: inflation number. All right. <laughs> Okay. This is
1: this is 4.44% per year between 1925 and today. Sounds with low. With an accumulative price increase of 6,657.28%. All
0: right. We're boring the audience. All right. Yeah. Back to the <laughs> episode. I had to get technical for a moment. Yeah. No more technical. Uh, Bonnie is like the interlude in this episode. In the midst of all this chaos taking place, mm-hmm. Bonnie, uh, Ibarama Gold's boy, who's the aspiring boxer, mm-hmm. is being trained. Apparently has no left hand. It's only good for wanking, according to the boxing trainer. <laughs> and he's prepping for the fight against Alfie's nephew or whatever he calls him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alfie's Goliath intro. The spawn intro. of Satan. Uh, yeah, the spawn <laughs> of, you know... <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck am I? Who are you? Yeah, yeah. Well, May is taste testing Tommy's gin here in this episode. Which Zach, do you want to mm-hmm. take this gin tasting section here? Absolutely. Because this is like this is your scene, man. I know. This
1: this is this is great. So what ends up happening when uh Tommy and May are talking about the gin, uh she mentions something about that it's not sweet enough or that it's too sweet because If they're sending it to America, it needs to be sweeter, right? Because Americans like their gin sweeter. And I always or almost always drink beef eater gin when I'm drinking gin. And they have their normal gin. And then they have the authentic London cut, right? And I taste tested them. Sponsor potential? Maybe, maybe. And I swear the authentic London cut, which I do prefer... It comes in the red bottle instead of the clear bottle. Is a little less sweet than the non-authentic London cut. Did you find that it was less sweet before you watched this episode? I never, I never compared them. It was that. this episode that piqued your interest
0: to know: is this legit? I mean, absolutely. I trust yeah. your, I trust your palate completely here. Trust your palate. Thank you. So, the Beef Eater Gin London is drier than the American one.
1: Ever so slight like it's very close. It's really hard to tell, but yes, I would absolutely say it is a little more dry.
0: Okay. Well, according to May, she likes the one you like because when she tastes us it's she says it's a bit too sweet. So there we go. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. We forgot about Niall, the guy who was the who Tommy thought was the rat who left the door open of the factory oh, yeah. where, where Arthur That's had right. to kill those two guys. Well, Niall's the foreman of the factory, and he's kind of like the informant for Tommy of what's going on on the ground floor with the communists, with the workers, and he's worried that the communists are going to win and that they're going to be lined up and shot against the wall. And uh, essentially, <laughs> as Tommy spends about 23 hours of his day doing, he just calms people down and lets them know that he's in control. That's essentially most of what happens there with Niles' conversation. <laughs> on to May. Impressive, impressive gin distillery i want one of these we just want them well, <laughs> just like no, the you like the whole, the whole the whole thing <laughs> yeah it's a bit of money buddy <laughs> we're, we're gonna have to open one up we'll, we'll open the distillery how expensive is the upkeep on a distillery it's got to be incredibly you know, i expensive. don't know
1: but we should talk to invasive we should we should ask
0: just ask what's them it? yeah what's it? I'm, I'm sure they'd be happy to tell us how much it all costs and the upkeep oh yeah i think we'd have to go like in the afternoon, to ha- like where it's super slow. I'm down. And just Let's go. Let's chop go it up. Just chop it up. Saturday. I can't Saturday. <sighs> yeah, Saturday. All it's right. Saturday we're, we're, we're on a roll here. All right. <laughs> All right May Carlton. I have to say, these damn cups. I love these cups. The little gin
1: cups? You got to exp- you know, explain well, it's not it. E- it's not even the gin cups. It's, it's the gin. It's the whiskey well, cups. But, but the, what there's is this it? pattern on the cup? And it is which, every which cup? single cup. It's the cup that she's drinking gin out of.
0: I know, but the audience isn't he- watching the episode. You well, gotta, that, that's they, besides the point. It's not besides the point. It is the point.
1: It's the pattern on the cup. It's on like every Peaky Blinders cup. I've tried to look for it and I haven't been able to find that cup for like like the, uh, what is it? The double? The, the double, double star?
0: what I don't know what it is it, it's just like this big tall star it looks pretty cool it's it actually Let me know. you know what I think I have it on a chalice um in my house nice I'm not even kidding the Stella Artois chalices I think it literally has mm-hmm. that exact symbol on it and I have a few of those okay May tries the gin she's not too crazy about it it's a little bit too sweet but the scene's not about gin Mm-mm. it's about Tommy being a little bit too bad for May's taste <laughs> right it's yeah. obviously not too bad she chugs a little she likes Genoa. you in a way but uh they're about to kind of have like a little rendezvous romantically at the midland hotel and um tommy doesn't get his way today which is i can't remember it i can't remember a time that tommy propositioned a woman <laughs> in this show <laughs> i don't i don't remember I don't know that he gets rejected I mean when Grace comes to visit him from being i mean he got her there married and she's like we're me and my husband are infertile and we gotta go to London to get tests uh-huh. and she sure. I mean and she still slept with him on that exact time which is you know pretty atrocious that was major red flag on Grace's part though <laughs> well, she didn't last very long after good Lord <laughs> she was cursed after
1: that yeah it wasn't it wasn't the ruby. Really, whatever it was, really
0: it. interesting scene takes place after the gin tasting with May, which is a little encounter or conversation with Arthur and Finn. It's the first time that we get Finn acknowledging that he doesn't think he has what it takes to, to be John Boy. He can't pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. And Arthur confirms, like, hey, I know. I know you can't. Like, I know you you're not going to be able to live up to John Boy or who he was. Mm-hmm. which sucks for Finn's character arc, but is also really authentic. And, you know, it's a little different in discovering John, what John his character was is capable of. John such a
1: strong character. Like, no matter
0: what, like, he was a pretty strong character. Yeah. I always forget that him and Michael are brothers.
1: In real life, yeah. I right? Don't, always. I, I remember it every now and then I'm like,
0: oh, yeah, that's right. That's, that's yeah. so bizarre. Yeah.
1: I kind of wish, I really wish they were in the show
0: longer together. I yeah. think
1: they would be so interesting
0: yeah you get you get the sense that um Tommy is really trying to impress May in lots of ways here about his vice grip over Birmingham hmm when she's leaving she' he's like talking her all about the war she's in He's like, yeah, the Italians ate us uh and Changreta and Sabini and <laughs> you know we don't know about everyone else too. Because we even Alfie's up in the air, as we see later in the episode, we don't know what side he's on. Yeah, he
1: he, he, he has betrayed Tommy in like once every before. He's been in. right. We betrayed him with Sabini. Um, I don't. I can't remember if he was really involved in season three with the priest or anything like that.
0: Um, yeah, he was. I, he was.
1: He was. Yeah. So he betrayed. He, he's literally betrayed Tommy in every season. He's yeah. betrayed him with Sabini, the priest. <laughs> Well, and now we're questioning him with this. What is the
0: line when they have the encounter where Tommy's pointing the gun at Alfie's face? And Alfie's like, "Um, pretty much because you hypocrite. He's like, you know, Mm -hmm. how many many, uh, sons have you killed and maimed? (laughs) How many, you know, that's a... It was a great scene. And then he pulls Tommy closer. He says, but I did not know about you, boy. I yeah. did not know, and he says, "I know, Alfie. I, I know." know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a great scene. That was and Michael's it, first kill, wasn't it?
0: Yes, it was. It was notable. It was. All right, Ada. Ada's always on the political intrigue side of the of the plot. She she was enlisted by Tommy after the conversation with Nile to go. She was on.
1: married to Freddie Thorne. I mean, yes, this is only makes
0: makes completely sense. Also, she's so pretty. That's a sidebar. First um, season,
1: I would disagree. Everything after that, I agree. Can't
0: take it back. All right. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, those are really nice glasses too. I think it's, uh, oh, thank you. Right? No, not yours, bro. I'm oh, <laughs> <up. laughs> talking about the glass on the table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. they are. Yeah. 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 Anyways, <laughs> um, Ada's all up about the p- political intrigue. Niall, in his conversation with Tommy, who's the foreman. Mm-hmm. Um, after that conversation, Tommy does call Ada to recruit her assistance on this, which we find out involves going to a seminar or some sort of meeting with Je- that Jesse Eden is leading. And essentially, the long story short is Ada, Ada is trying to organize a dinner between Jesse Eden and Tommy to discuss socialism and communist topics, mm-hmm. which having watched the season a million times, I still don't remember what that dinner was involved, but I do remember it being very romantic.
1: I can't remember for the life of me. Yeah, Which it's, it's not, in the, uh, not in this episode. Not in this the quality of this
0: season. Yes, yes. Well, the, I do love in this season where you start to see the slums of Birmingham or like the kind of the working class homes of Birmingham. I wouldn't, ca- I wouldn't call them slums, them. but but the, 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 the way that like the surrounding civilization is expanding if like if you go back to season one mm-hmm. all those buildings are not back there like all those things those bridges and stuff i don't think that they're back there in season one it's like so you start to see like the industrial era yeah progress and stuff like that Revolution. yeah did we notice this rash on alfie's face here
1: i did i mean it's disgusting yeah. i think this is the first time we see him I mean, it looks like he's declining from the last season, at least. He's got, like,
0: sores all over his
1: face, essentially.
0: Yeah. No, it's – they don't give us an explanation as to what it is, but it's definitely a little concerning. If, if you ever come to my neighborhood, and get my attention that way.
1: Bro, that's, that's <laughs> hilarious. So badass, just staying there. So,
0: Alfie's – entering into uh birmingham and he there's nobody in the streets for some reason and he honks the horn and just holds it that, that moment is just beyond by the way i don't care what anybody tells me there's no reality in which bonnie ibarama's son can fight alfie's nephew in any weight class ever this guy's got to cool. be at least 250 okay he's massive there's, bonnie looks 140 soaking he
1: reminds wet. me of this guy so much.
0: I got to see his face again. He looks like a Brazilian fighter, but uh, if it's somebody famous, I, I can't think of anybody famous it who is, looks like this it guy. It is
1: somebody famous, but I don't know. Maybe I'm making it up in my mind.
0: They kind of hide him in the scene, so I can't really see him at the moment. But you'll we'll see him in a minute. The, the whole the whole thing is is that there's absolutely no way Bonnie could beat this guy in a fight, no matter what. He soaking wet. Bonnie's got to be maybe one fifty. One seven. Yeah. he's not 170 there's he's no tiny. way
1: no he's he's tiny
0: it ain't happening his punches are gonna feel like butterflies against this guy's cheek it's not it's gonna be like a little it's gonna be a little that's what it's gonna be it's gonna be a little
1: that's it that's it if if you didn't hear that it was just mario tapping his microphone
0: yeah that's what it's gonna feel like so anyways uh this whole fight's going on uh, alfie's meeting with tommy in the distillery And uh, the point of this meeting, it's really not about the boxing match. It's about trying to suss out what are Alfie's intentions? What side is he playing in this war with the Changretas? Because Tommy's here trying to lay out the law here and say, hey, Mm -hmm. what do you think? You think they're done with me? You think when they kill me that they're going to stop it and not go kill Sabini and not come kill you? They're coming for everything. They're not just going to stop with me. And so that's what he's trying to get across to Alfie. By the way, did what?
1: this distillery like, increase in size?
0: No, I just think it's the angle and the and the way they're shooting this particular scene. That makes it look a lot larger than the way the May Carlton scene was looking. Yeah. Well, they do the,
1: shoot every scene with what Alfie and Tommy different than anyone else for the most part.
0: They show extra love to those two.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. Rightfully so.
0: Yeah, Yeah, they really do steal the show. Even Ibarama overwhelmed by Alfie's uh, presence here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, they organized the fight here between Goliath, the massive man, versus Bonnie, the soaking wet. By the way, does Bonnie look like Ibarama's son? No. <laughs> I don't think so. Do you think so? I don't know, but his woman's got some explaining to do. A little bit. I'd be a little confused. (laughs) After the whole... uh, We forgot to mention that the marking that Pauly puts in the book, essentially what she does is she makes sure that Tommy is free on a particular Friday that she writes a black star on, which is going to be the ambush day. Uh, We get another picture of that before Tommy goes to visit Michael at the end of the episode for the finale. And in his conversation with Michael... You do get the sense, almost like the Mrs. Ross scene at the beginning of the episode, right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like we're getting, it's coming full circle now. You know, in this scene, Michael's Mrs. Ross. Yeah. And Tommy knows that this is a setup. Now.
1: Have a good weekend.
0: He also knows that Michael knows something that he's not saying, and it also seems, by the way, Tommy responds so coldly, and in several different parts here, that uh, he knows about the plan, which. G- gave me the impression that he's in on it with Polly. Well, that's what I felt, and you know, I don't know if
1: there was ever any sort of like communication between Polly and Tommy, but I think he saw the black star and just like, why else would you put a freaking black star in there? Come on. Yeah, because Somebody, the last time there was gonna a black die. Star. like that's what that always means. Is you, you, someone's
0: going to get yeah. killed. I think the last time we saw it there too was um, when Billy Kimber was killed.
1: Well, there was the Billy Kimber, and then I think there was one from – maybe from season two. I can't recall. But There was one that he put in there really really that, significant that failed. Yeah. I, so think he
0: put, I think he put one in there for the priest, but that one that, failed. I think that's right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that, that's what failed. And the, it was the stall or something like that. He messed up. Yeah.
0: Well, the, the episode ends, episode four, with Michael having a hard pause there but deciding not to tell Tommy – that an ambush is coming and that his mom had made a deal with the Changretas. And we end the episode with Tommy driving away and the car full of Changretas following him.
1: Yeah. And you see, it was at this moment that I knew he fucked up. <laughs> Michael? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, like uh, the it's, 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 it's this point in the show for me where, like, my opinion of him changes, right? In the beginning of this, I get it. Shangri-La was literally just in your room with a gun pointed at your head and pulled a trigger and luckily it was empty. Right? Like I, I get I get the delay and like uh, I don't know what to tell you. This just happened, that you know, my mom's doing this sort of thing. But at this point, he was very calculated and like he had time to think about it. Oh you're going somewhere this weekend. Oh, it's just you Hey Tom. Have a good weekend.
0: Yeah. All right. This is a little weird for me. It w- also it was um just a moment where Tommy repeats what Michael says to him like not really or something like that. Or no when he says no reason. Yeah. And no I think reason. he sa- and he says no reason, no reason. No Which reason. is kind of like it's almost like Tommy trying to edge him to like be like mm-hmm. hey man, just tell me tell me cuz I got to trust you in the future. You know, and it's kind of like a damn it, man, not you too moment. Yeah,
1: he missed out on his moment. Yeah. Like, this is, uh, let's not to get too so far. Let's yeah. not get too far. Yeah, I don't want to. Anyways, all right, it's end of season four, episode four. Not
0: a bad episode. Not, no, not that it, bad. When season four, all right, season episode one is fine. Uh, I'm just saying all together because, look, when I say that season four is like not my favorite, it doesn't mean that I didn't enjoy watching it. Oh, it's just it. that in comparison to seasons one, two, now it's three. Reek five and six it's the weakest of the bunch it's like saying you know which is my least favorite harry potter book it's probably the first one it's probably the first one but it set the tone for the whole series so what can you do all right zach mm. yeah let's get into the categories
1: all right into the categories i have best scene i have two written down at the moment
0: best scene i did love the may carlton stuff in this episode
1: one of mine is May and Tommy with the gin. Gotta love yeah. that one. I, I mean, that. I do mention it all the time.
0: Yeah, I love that scene. And I do like the last conversation between Tommy and Michael.
1: That one's good as well. I put down, you know, the whole Alfie entering Birmingham, that that entire like oh, yeah. scene Green that Wars. takes place. I just, yeah. I love any scene with Alfie in it. Tom Hardy's yeah. great. Um, Yeah, those are the two that I have. Best line of the episode.
0: It's gotta be Alfie's whole uh little you know I am the dialogue old, the protector of
1: yeah. that thing over there. Of that <laughs>
0: thing over there, yeah. which and whose shadowed no nothing yeah. can grow. Exactly. Like that, that whole bit is the best. My my top favorite.
1: Uh most memorable character of the episode.
0: This one's tough for me. There's moments with Tommy. Yeah. It's probably Tommy Alfie for me. Because Alfie steals it with the car horn. I will always remember that yep. car horn thing. Yep. And um, and really his line with Goliath. This is fantastic. <laughs> but I'll say Tommy because I do love the dynamic between him and May in this episode. And I, I did like the, the whole, you know, bad boy yeah. scorned, you know. Yeah, gets rejected, and she's like, "I thought you'd change." And he's like, "You know, I lay off a hundred men like this. They mm-hmm. go hungry, they starve, and you yeah. people. I pick up a gun, want a bit of self-respect. You people.
1: Like it's a, you it's know, a great moment. You know,
0: I, I think I'll side with you on that, but
1: I'm gonna give mine to May. Really, because I, May. I feel like it was. It's the one thing in this that just doesn't feel like a natural progression of the last episode. It actually felt like an interesting." bit of dialogue an interesting piece of story between the two and you know i, I do like them from season two as well so i'll side with i love
0: family. may i love may so you never hear a disappointed uh, it
1: still so, like amazes me and blows my mind that she's married you? to tom hardy
0: i forgot that too thank you for right? me.
1: I, I i think about it all the time i'm like that's so bizarre but it's that's it's cool.
0: amazing
1: yeah <laughs> all, all right. right next one i got most annoying moment of the episode.
0: Annoying moment of the episode. Michael yes. not telling Tommy.
1: Thank you. Thank you. See, like we're siding on the same thing after yeah. here. Yeah. How, how about the moments that stood out? I already gave mine out earlier
0: in the episode. The moments that stood out. Uh I think we kind of already said that with the best scenes.
1: So my moment that stood out was the whole getting the throat slit in the car. Oh, you mean like, like plot five holes seconds. type of stuff? Well, I mean anything that was just like what the
0: heck happened. If we're, if we're going to go like plot hole type thing, how about like There's the weak plot the, holes in this show. How about the weak scene the weak excuse of, of Michael saying like oh the gun misfired and they ran. Like bro, they didn't try multiple times to shoot you in the head like uh uh-huh. That's like the weakest excuse on earth. <laughs> yeah,
1: you, you know. know how much time it takes to pull the trigger 2 times like under a second just <laughs> 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 me. It it's doesn't work damn quick. That's yeah.
0: like the, like, come on, who's going to buy that excuse?
1: I think Tommy put his guards up at that point.
0: Yeah. It's like this episode in Seinfeld that George Costanza's taking an IQ test. Mm-hmm. And uh, he hires Elaine to take the IQ test for him. <laughs> and he, he <laughs> hands it to her out the window. She spills a bunch of like pasta sauce on it. Gets it back and and the girlfriend buys the excuse. It's fantastic. Anyway, <laughs> I'm on a, I'm on a Seinfeld uh, mode right lately. Yes, you so right.
1: are. Uh, any other questions, categories? Uh, that is all I got. That's the last one.
0: All right. Well, I guess that concludes it. We have two more episodes left in the season. Five and six.
1: That's we the will. last two episodes for us recording Peaky Blinders at this point.
0: Until we do some stuff for the movie, but yeah not don't fret we have other stuff in the pipeline so it we is do. just a, it is just the beginning we will almost certain well we will certainly record at least one episode next week this episode will be up on thursday mm-hmm. and yeah we hope to we'll be wrapped with peaky blinders in two weeks yeah it's
1: kind of it's kind of crazy for us this this is the end for now but i'm excited Pretty gra-
0: it's pretty gratifying, you know, to to f- finish this thing all the way through and finish like the whole. series, It's been about a year, series, man.
1: man. It's been a year of like recording and just going over. I think it's, every I think it's season, been. A, every
0: th- I think it's been about eight months or nine months. Just about, yeah. You know, just we started this in November, I think. And so, and it's drawing we're to an night. end. It's kind of weird night. that we're ending on season four. <laughs> I know it is. <laughs> but, uh, we have recorded five and six. we so yeah, yeah. We'll listen. yeah, we'll listen. yeah. All but, right. Okay. Thank you all for tuning in again, Zach's going to put all this stuff in the show notes mm-hmm, in terms of like, as always. And, um, if the page is up for uh, the soapbox business show, won't be up yet, but it'll be up next week. So at least we'll have a teaser out there for it. So, yes, it will be
1: on the website though. So, okay, perfect. Awesome. We had a website, uh, I guess I'll, I'll touch it on the outro. Well, thank you for listening to episode four of season four of the Peaky Blinders podcast by story archives brought to you by the soapbox podcast network i think i got that all right uh you can find this podcast anywhere you find podcasts apple Podcasts, spotify Podcasts, google Podcasts. you can visit us on instagram at story archives you can find us uh on the internet uh you'll actually see the show on the network website which is soapbox dot house so you know hit the url there you'll see a bunch of links out to other shows that we're working on uh there's some other tv shows that we've done the shows that mario mentioned on you know at the beginning of the episode here with the actual story archives uh you know podcasts where we go through just different shows in general uh and then there's also the business show coming up so go over to the site there click on those links Follow, subscribe, like, leave comments. Please leave comments. Let us know if there's anything that maybe we misquoted something, or you have a show suggestion, or you want to let us know what your favorite line of the episode was,
0: or maybe you think the London gin is sweeter
1: mm-hmm. than the American gin. If you do, we can't be friends. But I'm just go for it. I mean, happy to happy to at least know your name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, no, I think I think that about does it. Thank you for listening. We're looking forward to the next two episodes of season four to, to wrap up the season
0: you know i haven't tried both gins i'm not much of a gin drinker so i'll do a blind a double blind taste test of both gins and i'll report right. back after well before the end of the season
1: all right well that means you got to come up at the next this weekend or next weekend so let's we'll it good. a shot
0: sounds good all right all right great one zach okay thank you all right y'all stay peaky until the next one i got got that out of order this time but uh it's okay at least you didn't put a question mark at the end of it i haven't even been drinking any gin
1: it's just
0: kind of
1: (laughs) (laughs) no gin but something
0: else (laughs) exactly no nothing else just h2 quality h2o all right quality thank you for tuning in peace out